drink cinema. Cheese. All right, welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are two out of three brothers reviewing two movies at a time. Hello, Brett. Hello, Lee. How are you? I am well. How good. are you? Good, good. We are reviewing this week, There's Something About Mary. Yay. We cannot quote some things from the movie right Gosh. now. There's a bit to talk about, isn't um, there? What are you wearing this evening. I have my Average Joe's t-shirt on in honour of Ben Stiller. Oh, which also links to last week's Small Soldiers. Yeah. Because I referenced Dodgeball many times. Globotech. We're better than you and we know it. Yeah, and so I thought I would be like, wear um, a t-shirt from a better Ben Stiller movie well, than I'm the one we're currently wearing, talking about. I'm wearing something from Plan 9 from Outer Space because I wanted to wear something from a movie that's aged better than there's something oh, about really? Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is saying something because... because yeah, it's generally regarded as the worst film of all time. Plan 9, not there's something about Mary. Though we do have many things many to things. say. We will need a drink to we get will through need a drink. these many things. So what um, have you made for us? I've come up with a uh, something about Mary cocktail. Okay. All right. Uh, it has vodka. Yep. Campari. Okay. Something bitter because there's plenty of bitter people in this movie. <laughs> Lime. Yes. And, Sour. And uh, Solo because it's definitely a Pepsi movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely a Pepsi movie. So we needed something from the PepsiCo family. And it looks like pink and Florida-y. Yes, you could, it does look like something you could drink in Florida. So I was going to Rhode yeah. Island. I don't know where Rhode Island is. It's up there. It's up the top. Top east. Like Boston. Yeah, okay. All right, let's uh try let's this. Give it a go, shall something we? Something about Mary cocktail. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that was a clunk. <laughs> Ooh, Campari. Campari. Oh, <laughs> yes. In our it overpowers Campari. it overpowers everything. Yeah, it literally says bitter on the label. That Campari is Italian for bitter. Oh, is it? No, I just made oh. that <laughs> No, you meant to say, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, oh. That's not too I'm, bad. I'm going to add a little bit of solo. <laughs> a little bit more solo to that one, just to sweeten it up a little bit. If you, are, if you like a Negroni. If you like, a, if you like bitter stuff, which I don't. But it's drinkable because I hate Negronis and Aperols. Would you like a little bit more solo? No, it's fine. I'm going to get through it as nature intended. As and by nature, I mean me. Yeah, I, I made say, up the recipe. As you intended eight minutes ago when you made up the recipe. <laughs> I made up the recipe at midnight last night. Okay. Um, <clears throat> with that out of the way, let's talk about there's something about Mary. You know what I was thinking when I started it, right? Yep. It is a um, memorable movie. Yes. Right? But I remember scenes from it, but have no idea what the overall story was. I don't remember no. what the overall story was other than Ben Stiller is in love with Cameron Diaz and he gets his dick cotton his fly. Yep. And hair gel. Yep. And and a woman with a bad tan. That was literally, it was like, that's all I can remember. You know what? I'm glad I forgot. That fucking guy with the guitar. 
Oh, gosh. What a way to open. My favourite moment of this movie was when that guy got shot. (laughs) (laughs) At the end. Oh, and the drummer. Poor drummer that can't drum. That's that. So, okay. I don't get it. You know what? I I was like, because they're obviously not the band. That's what I thought. No. So, then I was like, is that the Farrelly brothers? I was like, is that them putting themselves in their movie? But I don't think it is. I don't think so. No. So, the Farrelly brothers, I'm just going to run you through their... Yep, offensive, offensive. Well, actually, maybe (laughs) I'll... There's a couple of things. Should I say their top four, even though I think I looked it up the other day? You you know what? Dumb and Dumber was their big first big thing. There's one that's a standout. I'm not going to talk about it. We'll save it for when we get to the the impact. Okay. But there is, yes, Dumb and Dumber was their first one, and there's something about Mary's probably their other big one. Um, but then there is one that just does not make sense in mm. that filmography. Um, I I spent the movie not understanding the point of that band. Yep. And I don't know the Farrelly Brothers' filmography well enough to work out whether that like fits is that a thing they do no and even like in this time 1998 i don't remember other movies doing this kind of thing Mm. like we did romeo michelle's high school reunion last year which is similar kind of genre and similar kind of time and it was not things like that in it yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like a storytelling device either other than Telling us there's something about Mary. Yes. So just if you're listening, either Farrelly, brother, please explain. I think it was meant to be a kind of a gag thing. Yeah. But I did find the drummer just going deadpan a little bit funny. Yeah. But the bad miming of the guitar, he sounded half Australian accent singing. I think it would have been. I would have then pref- maybe appreciated it slightly if it was them. Yeah. You know what? But then it wasn't. It was just randos. But also there are movies where, like, it's a bit meta and fourth wall breaky that they have a guy in a guitar. You know, Ben Stiller is walking to school and literally walks past a busker that is singing about yeah. him. Or... Like in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, it's like Sir Robin's little band tells a bits of story kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It was neither of those things, and it was bad songs. Mm-hmm. So, something about Mary. We're meant to believe that Ben Stiller's 16. I don't think we're actually meant to believe that Ben Stiller is 16, but he does that awkward teenager acting thing pretty well. Yeah. I think that. Nepo, baby. Yeah. He's done all right as a Nepo baby. Yeah. He's funny, Ben Stiller. Yeah. It, more so in Dodgeball yep. than in uh, There's Something About Mary. We yeah, we set up that he's an awkward teenager, can't get a date, and Mary is the hot one. Mm-hmm. But also Mary is the nice one because she has the brother. Yeah. Um, what do we say? And how much and when. <laughs> Problematic. The brother. Problematic. Problematic. Wouldn't write it today. 
couldn't write it today. Um, just generally, the other people's reaction to him. He's yeah. in there. He yeah. is in there purely, almost well, at the start. It does develop into something more, but in the start, it is he's is in there as a joke. Yeah. So as a punchline. You said you didn't know the story. So for people that might not have just rewatched the movie, the the story is Ben Stiller as a teenager is in love with Cameron Diaz as Mary. Yeah. Um, and they almost go to prom together, but, but don't because he gets his boots bits, Franks and Beans. Franks and um, Beans. Caught in the zipper and has to go to hospital. Uh, and then they never see each other again. How'd you get the bean about the Frank? <laughs> Ben yep. Stiller is all grown up and assume presumably successful. He's an author, I believe. Some kind of, but he writes for a magazine, but he's trying to write a novel. Yep. There's a, kind of one parallel. Yeah, it just <laughs> with goes me there. It just um, goes. I'm a writer. That's all you need to know. Yeah, Move that's on. That's all you need to Never know. Never comes up again. Uh, and he has a friend and wants to find Mary again because it's come up in an anxiety attack, and so he goes to a hopeless. Yeah. Therapist about it. Yep. So he sends Matt Dillon, who is an actor that I kind of forget is an actor. Uh-huh. Until he just, like, appears in a movie. Yeah. I couldn't tell you a Matt Dillon movie. Crash. Like, if before this Crash. week you'd have said, what's Matt Dillon's top four? I, I would, would not have been able to name a movie. I wonder if this is in there, probably. I know he's an actor, right? And I know he's done things. And he gets second billing. Yeah. It's Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon, Ben Stiller. Yeah, right. So he sends Matt Dillon to Florida to try and find Mary. He fall, Matt Dillon falls in love with Mary, lies to Ben Stiller about Mary uh, and says that she's a um, not nice things about Mary. Yes, problematic Some, again. Yeah, things you couldn't write in a script these days. No. Um, that the Farrelly brothers wrote again into a script a couple of years yeah. later for Shallow Hell. But oh, did they, they do Shallow Hell as well? They did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very Farrelly Brothers style. So, yeah, then blah, blah, blah. Ben Stiller ends up in Florida. Yep. There's him, there's Matt Dillon, and there's this guy Tucker, who are all in love with Mary, yep. are all lying. Mm-hmm. And then her ex-boyfriend from high school turns out to be Ben Stiller's best friend. Yeah. And then it shit. all comes together and she chooses Ben Stiller. Yeah, over Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, because she doesn't support Brett Favre's team. Favre. Although I'm sure if Mary said to Brett Favre, get yourself transferred to the 49ers, he would. Because yeah. it, within the context of this movie, Cameron Diaz is the hottest woman on the planet. She's the most desirable woman to have ever has existed. Yeah. Uh, and for completely average people, are obsessed with her. Yeah. That's the story. There you go. That's my for, for recap. For completely average people and, and Brett, Favre. Brett Favre are <laughs> obsessed with her. And her next door neighbour is also obsessed with her. Oh, that old dude. Oh, the old woman and the old, old guy. Dude at the end. Yeah, that then unnecessary shoots the um, guitarist. Thank God. So, with that kind of recap out of the way, it's in terms of story beats. Uh-huh. It's very much this thing happens so that a joke can be told. 
Yep. He has to drive across the country so the rest stop joke can pay off. Yeah. But then also they can get in that joke about him being mistaken for a murderer. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably would have flown. He didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that also didn't need to be in there at all. No. The, the, that, but that section is the two, I reckon, funniest scenes and the only two scenes that have aged well. The murder one. The I don't know about the rest stop one. Not the rest stop one. The six, seven minute abs. Oh yes, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and then how he kind of turns at the end after he says six minute abs and um, fires him. That bit is funny, and it's well written. The misunderstanding of the being charged with murder thing. Yeah. With the the stuff Ben Stiller says that is related to the hitchhiker, but the cops think is related to the murder. Uh-huh. The rest stop joke probably hasn't aged as well, but it also hasn't aged as badly as a lot of the other attempts uh-huh. at humour in the movie. Yeah. So you can kind of see jokes coming, or I could kind of see how they'd written the script, the story to do this so they could put a joke in. And I think that's where it was then became that at times there was a bit too much going on. There was very quick back and forth. Yeah. Of like, we're in Miami now. No, we're back home. No, we're in Miami. No, we're in Alabama or something. Yeah, we're, now we're, he now he's driving. Now Matt Dillon's dating thing. Now there's this Tucker guy delivering pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The so you mentioned the brother being used at the start for a joke. Mm-hmm. The brother is really like used as a story thing. So used as a joke at the start and used as a way for Cameron Diaz to realise that Ben Stiller is a nice guy. Yes. Then, when they meet again, Warren is only in that scene so that Cameron Diaz can be impressed that Warren remembers who Ben Stiller is. Yeah. 20 years later. Then... He's only in at the end. So that like, Warren... Can, yeah. The headphone can come yeah. off. So, that... The representation of... Warren is terrible. Uh-huh. But the fact, I think that he's also just then used to show that Ben Stiller is a better person than Matt Dillon is also an issue. Yes. And so I just wouldn't, you just wouldn't do that <laughs> these days. Yeah. You'd have to write better than that. Like give him some sort of storyline. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, but I just think they've written lots of movies, right, these guys, but I'm just not sure they could have written a story that worked for Warren's character. It, no. Because it would have been just offensive. Yeah. Like, all this movie is, really, is a loose story based around she- scenes that are meant to either gross you out yep. or kind of go, oh, you can't do that, or, you know, that kind of gross out comedy stuff. 
Yeah. That's so the, the story really is not that important. But it isn't even I don't think at the time it was even that gross out comedy. The UK no. that you can't do that. Oh my god. It's not like a, stuff. yeah, it's not a John Waters movie. No. It was just to use a 21st century word, basic. Yeah. It was just basic humor. There are but there are just lines which probably at the time had a bit of shock value. When Matt Dillon talks about I, yes the, the, uh, the brother. I'm not going to say that, and talks about his word his work oh, with yes the group that it, yeah that cringe and not in the way people say cringe on TikTok like literally I cringed yeah when <laughs> that scene yeah. happened she didn't though she dated him yeah yeah I wonder I wonder now how Cameron Diaz feels about. Dating about Mary about dating, dating him. Matt Dillon. Um, no, I am look, not a huge Cameron Diaz fan. Um, I think I think she's good in this type of role. She's good, she's good in this. The movie's bad. Um, and The Holiday, I think she's good in Charlie's Angels. I haven't watched that for a while. Um, but the problem I had with it was. Only one? I had a few. <laughs> I had a lot. But with the rate the way the the way they wrote her was they wrote her like a good character. So she yep. at times it was like she's not just the hot chick. Yeah. Um she is a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> which came up but never really that much. You know, so she's a surgeon, she works with um, people with special needs. Yeah. She's got that depth. But then at the same time, when he says that shit to her, she's still just like, that's cool. Yeah. She- and she still is just the hot chick. It is. I, I feel like it's very much they wanted to make. It, it's actually just that. They wanted to make Mary not just a hot chick character. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we can't just have them all obsessed with her because she's hot. Mm. She has to be successful and nice. Yeah. But then there's that whole conversation that she has with Sarah Silverman and Candy Alexander Uh where she's just like describing her perfect bloke. Yep. And I'm like, hang on, if you're a surgeon... Mm who lives in Miami, presumably has your own apartment and seems perfectly happy with a single life, but we've still got this scene where she's desperately trying to find a man. It is. It was just 100% obvious that it was men writing for women. Yeah. But also... I feel like we've talked about this recently. (laughs) But men... It's adults writing for kids. Now it's men writing for women. Trying to write for women. And... They get one point, right, out of ten, for at least trying yes. to write some depth into her character. They, When I was um, watching this, because they did try, and then have you heard of this thing for movies called the Bechtel test? Yes. So it's this, the, the test is like a way to 
it doesn't really prove anything. Well, it does. It shows like the inequality of female representation in movies. Yes. So to pass it, there's three criteria that are you have to have two or more female characters that have a conversation with each other. Yeah. That isn't just about a man. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what it says. I don't know if this movie passes. The usual criteria of the Bechtel test are one, that at least two women are featured. Yep. What is the neighbor the second one? Well, yeah, they have well, they have names. That's yeah, okay. that's another thing that some people say is they have to have a name. Well, the neighbor has names, but I don't remember hearing the names of the friends. No. Nah. Except for Sarah Silverman, Peter Benton's brother, sister from ER, and the other girl. <laughs> that's that's who they were to me. Um at least two women are featured. These women talk to each other and that they discuss something other than a man. So it's got no. One and a half out of the three. Because so, they do talk to each other. They talk to each other, but all they talk about is... Um, the only conversation that isn't about a man is when she says, at least I've got a vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matt Dillon laughs, which was kind yes. of funny. Yes. The only other conversation that wasn't about a man is when I think it's they're having a conversation about how... Mag- is it Magda, the neighbour? Yeah. That's um, spying on other people's conversations. Yeah. But one of them is that... This man is cheating on cheating his wife. On. So, yeah, that um, it fails, but but then at the same time, it fails despite the Farrelly brothers. I feel like putting some kind of effort into writing for women well. Yeah, but then they were like shopping for um, tank tops. Yep. And said, so that's not see-through enough. You can't see her nipples. Yeah. Can you not, not see-through enough? I, yeah. And the, so just the way just... that all of the men talk about her completely cancels out the work with special needs people and the fact that I get, she is a surgeon. Yes. <laughs> she, was an, she went to an Ivy League college. Yep. She's an orthopedic surgeon. Yep. And she yep. works so with she people went to with special needs. Princeton. Yeah. Then medical school. Yep. Then surgery school, which is not a thing. Yeah, but Grey's Anatomy. I don't know the yeah. name of it. Yeah. Then surgery school and has built up a good enough practice in Miami to the point where she doesn't want to move. Like, that's success. Yeah. And has the time to work with volunteer groups. It. So, it's, it's yeah. it really put me off. At some points, I was like, they. Tr- I'm like- Point one, one point, like you said, for trying. Yeah. But a bit more depth. But also the uh, that point is cancelled out because your trying failed so badly. Yeah. Now I want to watch me, myself and Irene and see if it's the same thing with Renee Zellweger. I'm pretty sure it is. Except yeah. she's not a surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I'm telling you, we are not doing shallow hell. It's got two of our least favorite people in it, so yeah. I don't think we will. If you're waiting around two years to do shallow for us to do shallow hell, no. Um, sorry, it's not going to happen. All right. So, so yeah, the story is. You know what though? I'm reluctant to. I don't know how to say this. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you just took the beats of the story and distilled it, you could be forgiven for thinking it's a little bit Shakespearean. 
okay, okay. Yes, bit of mistaken identity. Like, as a Shakespeare fan, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, a little throw up in my mouth trying yeah. to say this. Yeah. Um, like in uh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Um, oh, I just threw up yeah, in my just mouth. Threw a up my mouth a little. Uh, She's got depth. She doesn't. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Oh, she. Oh, she does. Does she talk to another she, woman? About she's it? got an important job. She talks to her girlfriend at the very end of the movie when she reveals she's bisexual. Yeah, which is only so that Vince Vaughn can celebrate having a threesome. I yeah. imagine. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, we'll talk about that when we do dodgeball. Yeah, which is definitely age better. I, if you just were like, guy falls in love with woman, but it doesn't work out. Other guy falls in love with woman. Other guy falls in love with woman, and they lie, and there's misunderstandings, mm-hmm. and then everyone comes in at the end for a big speech. Yes. Yeah, that is Shakespearean comedy. Yeah, but I, how Shakespeare sexist was Shakespeare <laughs> relative to today or relative to the time? I think relative to the time, not very, because like the one I watched most recently. Um, was much ado about nothing, and now was it much ado about nothing or some rewrite of it? Ten things I hate about you. <laughs> no, no, it was like by the Bell Shakespeare Company. Oh, okay. Much ado about nothing. Yeah. So Beatrice and Benedict are the woman and man. Uh huh. And. Even though it's the thing of like Benedict, uh, Beatrice needs to find a husband. Uh huh. It's she is a strong woman who is deciding it for herself. Right. Which is for the time not sexist. Uh huh. Now it is. Like, yeah. oh, shock horror. She wants to decide her own husband. Yeah. How dare she? Um, but I think. For 400 years ago, that, well, actually, it is five, four, 400 years ago, 1623. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That's what we'll be doing next week. Oh, great. <laughs> we're watching, we're, we're reading Taming of the Shrew live on air. It's going to um, be a long episode. There's a movie version. Yeah. And it's one of those random movie versions. Is it like set in modern times with Keanu Reeves in it? It it's is. Got, it's got Keanu yeah, Reeves in yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one that it is. I knew there was one that had the Keanu in it. The first cinematic version in English may have been the 1913 silent film, but the one we're talking about is the 1993 film by Kenneth Branagh. So mm-hmm. it's Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson Ooh. as uh, Benedict and Beatrice. Uh, Michael Keaton is in it. Oh, God. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Denzel Washington. Nah. Along with... I'll pass. Uh, Kate Beckinsale and Robert Sean Leonard, Robert who you Sean know, Leonard. Um, he has been. Yeah, when you see him, you'll know what he's from. Uh, the oh yeah, okay, yeah, Dead Poet Society, right? Yeah. Anyway, some very basic elements of there's something about Mary could be Shakespearean comedy. But that's all I'm allowing them. Okay. Okay. It's a basic story and a lot of the scenes are just there so that we can get jokes. Yeah. And I think instead of deepening Mary's character, 
they decided to put Ben Stiller in a rest stop. Yeah, and then they, you know, had a scene with the dog. And then they had a scene with the therapist. The the therapist scene is unnecessary Uh because he ends up telling his friend about it Yes, I thought the same thing. I'm like, it's like you don't need that. And then it's like I didn't get, I didn't like Chris Elliott's character either, which you're not meant to. But No, but I think that twist is okay. Like, I think you're not meant to dislike Chris Elliott's early character. Yeah. But then when he turns out to be Woogie, you're meant to dislike him then. But then I'm also meant to think, like, he's been best friends with Ben Stiller all this time. Like, really? And it's never, nothing's ever slipped. Oh, where'd you go to college? Yeah. Or even, like... You didn't run into anybody else that called you Woogie. You're still in Rhode Island. Yeah, you're still in the same town. The smallest state in America. You're still yeah. in Rhode Island. Yep. Yeah. And you would know people. Where did you go to high school? Yeah. Oh, this girl. And he's been talking... Ben Stiller's been talking about Mary for 10 years. So are they friends out of coincidence or did he purposefully Location? become friends or, with Ben yeah. Stiller? Or is Woogie playing the long game? And instead of... So then he would work... At- Why didn't he get a private investigator himself? Well, that's it. Why didn't Woogie try to find Mary? Woogie made friends with Ben Stiller and but then also told Ben Stiller to find Mary? Yeah. Wouldn't With you, his contact? Wouldn't you be spending all the time if you're Woogie making sure Ben Stiller doesn't, doesn't yeah. meet up with Mary, the guy that she dumped you for, essentially? Because it's not like then Woogie goes to Matt Dillon and says, my friend's going to hire you, tell him bad things so he doesn't go looking. That makes sense. Right, but no, that's not what happened. Matt Dillon told Ben Stiller bad things because he's then obsessed with Mary. Yep. Or and I, wants to get in her pants, let's I, say. I get well, you know. the thing of having a number of people obsessed with Mary. Yeah, because there is something about there Mary. There is something about Mary. But I I don't get it. I don't get the woogie thing. I also don't quite get... I'm a pizza delivery guy, and one time I delivered a pizza, and then I became obsessed with her. And made up this whole false identity. Yeah. But also, this is the general thing that I often think about in some rom-coms. What do guys expect? Like, if Matt Dillon loves Mary that much that presumably he doesn't just want to sleep with her, like he's going to date her, marry her, Uh the line's going to run out Uh at some point. But women are stupidly... When they get married and have a joint bank account, Uh that's when she's going to see he doesn't own a place in Nepal. So what does Matt Dillon do then? Married, too late, you're subservient to me, even though she's, again, an orthopedic surgeon. I think that it's men writing for women. They don't know. No, they don't. They just assume. uh, Are the Farrelly brothers married? Oh, God, I hope not. Um, I That was the other thing that I didn't like. She has, she's a terrible judge of character. Yeah. Like, she's a surgeon. We've said this 14 times because it only gets mentioned once in the movie. Yep. Um, She's a smart person. Terrible judge of character. Okay. I'm going to say a couple of... Peter Farrelly. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Has been married to someone of the female 
yeah. uh, gender. Peter Farrelly. Peter Farrelly has been married to Melinda since 1996. Okay. Okay, and has two children. Now, I hope Bobby Farrelly has grown up because Bobby Farrelly has been married to Nancy since 1990. Yeah. One of Farrelly's sons is transgender comedian A.B. Farrelly. Okay. So I wonder what a transgender person... As, um, as like a kid in the background. Well, they're not clickable on Wikipedia. Um, I saw it just I, as like the kid in the background. It's like Chris Elliott's kid. I wonder what transgender son thinks of some of Dad's earlier work. Well, looking down the list, I'm not going to watch any of these again. Yeah. That's so all right. No. I have some of them I haven't even watched once. Uh, so, yeah, gosh. that's... That's the story. You're basic. You're basic. And you're, it's, you're sexist. You're ableist. Yep. you fat shame. Yep. Racist. Race, racist? Um, can I say it? Oh, no. Can you? They. <laughs> um, have you heard of mail order brides? Oh, yes. This works the okay. other way. Okay, well, that's. It's the sumo culture. They pay by the pound. Should we get to worst line now then? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's able. The, the the best person in this movie is Mary's stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was great. Fun. And he's the only person of colour yeah. in the movie other than her friend. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just. Yeah, story wise, to wrap up my segment, basic attempting to be some kind of. I assume Shakespearean classic comedy, yeah, but um, replaces it with gay jokes, jizz jokes, uh-huh. uh huh, and fat jokes, yeah. And I, d- the hair gel scene was hilarious in nineteen ninety eight. In nineteen ninety eight, that right? was hilarious. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've. Found it funny this time. I didn't laugh during this movie. I laughed watching I, it now. I did I, not laugh. I laughed at the seven minute abs, and I laughed at the interrogation, and I cheered when the uh, guy got shot. <laughs> God, that's the only thing close to a crying moment for me was <laughs> tears of joy that that fucking band got oh. taken out. So that's the story of. There's something about Mary. Something about Mary. Oh, I feel like they were trying to make it that a Monty Python song. That Christmas in Heaven. It's Christmas in Heaven. Yeah, no. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the impact of there's something about Mary on the wider culture of the world? Cinematically mm. and person socially, societally. Look, to be honest. No. Um so it was the third highest grossing movie of 1998. It was huge. Yeah. Behind Armageddon and Saving Private Ryan. Oh, wow. So people had mixed um, feelings about uh, the kind of movies they're watching in 1998 because the other one that, under that is Bugs Life. Um, that is a varied top four. Uh-huh. Um. I suppose really the the biggest impact out of it was that 
it was really like the it was a bigish break for Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Like she hadn't done much before this. Ben Stiller hadn't done much before this either. Yeah. Um, and the, neither of the Farrelly brothers really. Dumb and Dumber was before this, but other than that. Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin. Yeah. So it kind of did, could be attributed to. Um, Making us watch another 20 years of Ben Stiller. Yes. Whether that's good impact or bad impact, I'll leave it up to everyone. Um, one, a few awards. Really? MTV, you know, favourite oh, yeah. comedy, blah, blah, blah. Was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, most Musical or Comedy, as was Cameron Diaz for Best Actress. Um, the... The Australia, uh, the American Film Institute ranked it is at number twenty seven mm. in a list of funniest movies ever. They redo that list occasionally, don't they? I hope they redo it again. <laughs> yeah. And in two thousand, readers of Total Film Magazine Nerds. voted "There's Something About Mary" the fourth greatest comedy film of all time. Think about. I'm going to paint with a broad brush. In 2000. In 2000. Oh, the Total Film Magazine readers are male. Yeah, yeah. 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 But not just male. White male. Think about the kind of people that would have a magazine subscription to a film magazine in the year 2000. Yes. They're reading that in mum's basement. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're getting their hair gel. Um, oh. Cultural impact. Um do you remember the show There's Something About Miriam? Oh. <laughs> Not so much the show, Ooh. but the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and- oh, <coughs> I actually, yeah. Mm. And then do you remember Miriam went into Australia's Big Brother house? Oh, God. It was a, it was a, it was a time that apologies, wasn't great for Australian like, television. Apologies to any trans people that had to live through that. <laughs> really? Oh. Um, the other references in, um, kind of popular culture yep. are more like looking up, you know, there's a lot of TV shows that have episodes that are titled, there's something about blank. Okay. You yeah. know, Simpsons, Frasier, Family Guy, yep. everything, yep. you know, there's something about Dr. Mary, there's something about Paulie, there's something about blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really, that's about it. <laughs> um, interesting almost wasn't going to be Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah. Um, they offered the role of Mary to Courtney Cox. Oh. Courtney Cox accepted, but then um, but couldn't do it due to filming this show that she was in called Friends. Why would you accept? You could Actually, you could accept something else, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there would be clashes. Yeah, so and if her the agent choice had to was, turn it down. If the choice was working with the Farrelly brothers or continuing to earn a million dollars a week, yeah, on Friends, I'm yeah. choosing that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it made three hundred sixty nine million dollars, and the budget was only twenty three mil. That's one of the highest grossing films we've done. Yeah, outside of blockbusters. Yeah, <laughs> Barbie's other, also done that. You want some other interesting Lees? 
yeah. I think Barbie's a blockbuster. Barbie's a blockbuster. It's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. And no one is surprised. So, interestingly, besides Ben Stiller... Yes. They considered John Stewart... The talk show host? Yep. And Owen Wilson. Oh, well, okay. Were considered yep. potential candidates for the role of Ted Stroman. Yep. Considered for the role of Pat Healy was Bill Murray. Too old. But they decided he was too old. Uh, also, Vince Vaughn and Cuba Gooding Jr. were considered for the role of Pat Healy. Vince Vaughn's obvious. Yeah. He, maybe now he's obvious. I don't know if then he would have been obvious. And this is post-Jerry Maguire for Cuba. Yeah. So yeah. you back up an Oscar-winning performance with this. I think yeah. he made the right no. decision. Because the Farrelly brothers were fans of the New England Patriots, they originally wanted to cast the quarterback, uh, Br- Drew Bledsoe, as Mary's boyfriend, but he couldn't do it due to a mosh incident he had in a club. <laughs> what? They offered the role to Steve Young, but he turned it down to due to the film's coarse nature, and then they chose. Uh, they got to Brett Favre. Chris Farley was considered for the role of Mary's brother, Warren. Oh, God, that would have However, been awful. However, he was about to die of drugs, yeah. so he had to turn down the role. Could you imagine him doing it? He would have been. He's too big of an actor for that yeah. role. Not size-wise, but name-wise. No, because... Yeah. Is that a fat joke? No. If it was Chris Farley, you would look at it and go, that is Chris Farley playing an intellectually disabled man. Mm. Whereas, you know it's an actor playing someone. Yes, yes. But it's not as obvious. And mm. I think if you made it more obvious, it makes the joke of it worse. Yep. They did... The The rest of the extraordinary people are not actors. Yep. I looked that up. They were uh, real people with special needs. Um, which I guess is something. Like, is that does that count well, for anything? Well, not then in that scene where they're playing football. And he's ripping them off. <laughs> he's just elbowing or he's, them. Or he's taking the money out of them or making one climb up the tree for a coconut. Yeah, coconut. Yeah. 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 So or, Yeah, beating them at checkers. Yeah, I. it's, yeah, problematic. She's just, I just didn't get the, her character could have been really good. I literally wrote, know, would she date him? Nope. Um. You know what would have made this movie a lot better? Where do we start? <laughs> well, I, there's one thing they could change where then I would have been like, okay, that's a little bit acceptable. Mm. If she ended up with no one at the end. You're all, all assholes. Said, you're a stalker. Yep. You're a creep with fucking warts on your face. Yep. You're Brett Favre. You're um, a lying murderer, apparently. Potentially. Made up. You hired a private investigator to look me up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I'm yeah. staying here. But in the 90s, women had to have men. Yeah. Even if they are orthopedic surgeons. Yeah. Ivy League educated orthopedic surgeons. Mm. His hives are unnecessary. I didn't get it. It is just- I didn't get the shoe obsession. Have him, have him looking grosser. Yep. Because Chris Elliott needs to look gross in everything that he does. Yeah. Also, I didn't realise Ben Stiller was so short. Yeah. Until he was in the apartment standing next to Chris Elliott. I'm like, oh, he's short. Yeah. <laughs> like, because we hear all the time about Tom Cruise's shortness, but not um, Ben Stiller's. Mm. I 
Yeah, I just, I just don't like. I don't know. Nah, I think part of the humor that they are going for is that it is meant to shock you for like one of a little better word. joke reference that I didn't mind was when Magda came out with a banana split and the guy from the pier. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I was like, well done, Farrelly Brothers, for attempting some subtlety here. Yeah. Like, they didn't walk back to the apartment and, he- like, hear them going at it in the other yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because within the context of this movie and the way they write movies, that could have been a thing. Yeah, so They could have come into this apartment strong suit, is it? and Magda is on the couch with the guy. Yeah. Like, that could conceivably have been something that they may have thought of in a Maybe writer's meeting. Maybe that was cut. I don't know. Can I say one thing about Impact? Uh-huh. We have just absolutely canned the work of the Farrelly brothers, right? Oh, yes. In 2013, their movie directed and produced by Peter Farrelly yeah. was won the Razzie Award for Worst Picture, Movie 43. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm, I know where this is but going. But then in 2018, God. he won the Oscar for Best Picture for there. Green Book. Yep. Like, if you had said to me the winner of Best Picture, I wouldn't have doubted you. The winner of Best Picture is Peter Farrelly for Green Book. Yeah. Okay. But then if you'd said he also wrote and direct Dumb and Dumber, Shallow Hell, and There's Something About Mary. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, no, now you're just talking shit. This is not true. I didn't know he directed that. Yeah. Well, he wrote... Produced and directed. Peter without Bobby. So maybe Bobby's the dirty one. Yeah, maybe Bobby's, Bobby's the shit one. Peter also wrote and directed The Greatest Beer Run Ever, mm-hmm. um, which is a serious movie, I guess. Next next door, yes. TBA is movies called Dear Santa and Ricky Stanicki. It's, it's an interesting... Yeah. I'm... But then... The episode The Virgin of Seinfeld was written by them. I'm like, that's funny. That's just, yeah. Even though they're making jokes about her being yeah, a virgin. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, speaking right. of awards. Okay, let's get on to our awards. Now, I didn't cry, but I'm wondering if we should change this award to the Ben Stiller crying <laughs> award. It's terrible. Because it is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll I'll find that for the TikTok. Let me write that down in my notes. To um write I'll find the the Ben Stiller crying scene to put on our TikTok for anyone that doesn't know it. Um, it's the scene at the end where he cries. Yeah. All right. I didn't cry. Nope. So we'll get that out of the way. The best or worst extra. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do worst. Oh, can I say one thing first? A lot of extras. Um. ChatGPT was wrong. Oh, really? So I asked ChatGPT about the use of real intellectually disabled people in the movie There's Something About Mary. And this is what ChatGPT said to me. Okay. I should have loaded this up before. Uh, Said... Yes, there were actors with disabilities featured in the movie There's Something About Mary, which was released in 1998. So they they misunderstood my first answer. 
says Harlan Williams, who portrayed the character Patrick, Mary's mentally challenged brother. Oh, no. And I'm like, I was watching the movie at the time, so I wrote back, isn't the brother's name Warren? (laughs) Uh, I apologised for the confusion. You are correct. The character's name is Warren, not Patrick. Thank you for pointing out the error. Warren, portrayed by W. Earl Brown, so they even got the actor wrong, is Mary's brother in the movie. There's something about Mary. Then I was like, who plays Patrick? Then it says... There is no character named Patrick in the movie There's Something About Mary. (laughs) Then I said, Patrick is the character played by Matt Dillon. I apologise for the confusion. You are absolutely correct. Patrick is indeed a character played by Matt Dillon. It's just got him as Healy, not Patrick Healy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing, you've got to not read uh, Wikipedia before you watch the movie because Wikipedia... Chris Elliott is credited as Woogie. Oh, really? Completely ruining. So I, I actually didn't see that twist coming and I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I created a Wikipedia account getting ready to correct Wikipedia. You know what else is a spoiler? If you look at IMDb when you're watching, say, I don't know, House of Cards season two, and you're like, oh, who's in this? And then you look at the cast and it says, like, what's her face is only in one episode. And then oh, she yeah. gets pushed in front of a train oh, at the my f- God. end of the first episode. Oh, that moment. Like, I'm like, oh, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to happen, so I was still a shock. But anyway. I remember when we were watching that. Speaking of people that don't react to major things that are going on, should we give the worst extra award? So, just so you know, uh, that's, a, I guess, a note of hope that ChatGBT is wrong, so it's not going to take over the world just yet. No. Worst extra. I only have two nominations. Okay. It's either... The guy in the jail who just waits for the door to close in front of him. Right. Or the guard who doesn't close the door. (laughs) Because obviously he's directed to, like, grab onto the door after Ben Stiller leaves. Yeah. But the guard hasn't closed the door yet. So he gets to, obviously, the line, holds his hands out, and waits for the door to be put into his hands. Right. So I don't know who's worse. The guy that didn't just like, well, the door's open, I can go. Yeah, well, I think he was told not to leave prison. Yeah. So it's probably the guy the, closing the door. Yeah, the guard, I think. The guard that didn't close the door in time um, dropped the ball there. I wrote a couple. Yep. In the scene where Ted Ben Stiller first meets Mary back in Florida. Yes, where he dies behind the sculpture. Yeah, and then they walk off. And then it goes to... Your favourite guitar player. And he's just like, there's Christmas. And and this woman walks past and Full just like looks at him and he's like, "Mm, what's going on here? No. No. You're not meant to acknowledge that the guitarist and the drummer are there. Yeah. And then the other person I've worked with is, you know, when they're they're eating corn dogs. Yeah. And then they want another one. And he goes, can we get two more of these? And the male, the guy bartender is like two more corn dogs, and then there's this woman next to him that's just like, <laughs> that's like, I didn't like, notice that. She so she doesn't say anything, but it looks like she's going to be like, don't do that. Like, what? Don't give them corn dogs. Yeah, he calls them something. Sell uh, uh, something. Pop, something with pee popsicles. It's like they're bad for you. There should be more meat. There should and- be more meat on sticks. Yeah. Meeting cones. Meeting cones, I laughed at. Yeah. That almost 
gave me like I think that was maybe Judd Apatow ad lib ad lib vibes. Yeah, I thought it was in a that bit, one. Yeah, um, ad libbed. So what are we what are we going for then? I think the woman that reacts to the band. Yeah, because that's Cause she full like walks past and then turns around. It's like, hey, like no, no, he's not a. They're busker. not meant to be like in the universe. No, they're not fourth wall breaking. Yeah, they're storytelling apparently. Okay, so the worst is the woman who reacts to guitar. Good. That is named after Andy Millman from Ricky Gervais's TV show Extras. Yeah, that was Best my Andy Millman. Extra is named after Estelle Reiner, even though she has one line. She's still an extra. You can't. I'll have she's what not. she's having. Now I have a question. I have one nomination only. Okay, you go. Do nipples count? <laughs> no, because um, the Farrelly brothers put way more time into the nipples than they did into any extras in this so movie. So they can't. We can't give it to Cameron Diaz's nipples. No. Okay. I'm nominating at that same date at the driving range where he asked for the corn dogs. Yeah. There's a guy behind them getting golf lessons. Yeah. And he's terrible at okay. golf. Okay. <laughs> And I'm like, so he's good at being bad at golf. You are nailing this being terrible yeah. at golf and needing lessons thing. <laughs> he's very convincing in his badness. Um, there was another one when the guitar, the guitar player again, the guitar player and the drummer are then in some sort of like flamenco band. Oh yeah, yeah. And there is a trumpet, trumpet player. Oh really? Given it heaps, like just standing there with his like frilly shirt on and he's holding his life. trumpet just like. There's something about Mary. Well, he's probably like, I've been playing this fucking flamenco band on the on the beach at Miami for 20 years. <laughs> this is my big break. This is my big break. We I'm never saw him again. Cast in Dumb and Dumber 2. Um, I'm happy to give it to the golfer. Yeah, I think the golfer. He was good. Because he's like... You, being bad. What, what's my... What's my motivation? Reason? What's my motivation here? You're, I'm bad at golf. Okay, let me just sit with that for a minute. Okay, we can go. Yeah. He was ready. And he was, like, there. Yeah. The only thing more noticeable other than Ben and Cameron was the Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> was the giant <laughs> that scene. It's a Pepsi. It is definitely a Pepsi movie. All right. So that's the Estelle Reiner Best Extra Award. My worst line is the band. What do you mean? Just everything about the band is the worst bit in the script. Oh, the Halle Berry X-Men Worst Line Award. I wrote... I'm nominating the band. I wrote, I can't believe she knew my name. Some of my best friends didn't even know my name. Dumb. Dumb. I can see what they're trying to do. I wrote, what are they desperate when she's a male order bride? Mm-hmm. What are they desperate? She's a whale. And then Matt Dillon goes, don't forget, it's a sumo culture. They pay for, They pay by the pound. Yeah. It could almost, it's, like, uh, not a whaling joke. And then, whaling for the Japanese coming a little bit later. Well, Still, if, if, no you believe, if you believe South Park, um, the Japanese hunt whales and dolphins because they believe that that's who bombed Hiroshima. Okay. And the Americans said, we'll put that on <coughs> thing. And send, so then to stop whaling, they then go, oh, no, that was a fake thing. 
it was actually caused by chickens and cows because then everybody's fine with the fact that we kill chickens and cows. Okay. All right. Anyway, that was a bit of off topic, but it was very <laughs> funny um, and also problematic. Um, then I wrote- that, 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 again, sums up South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Then I wrote Sounds Cool, which is after Mary and Matt Dillon have the conversation, what do I do? I work with an M word that I'm not going to repeat. Yes. Um, blah, blah, blah. And they do all these things and he's very this offensive. The, yeah, this is the R word and then the M Yeah. Word. And she just goes, sounds cool. No, it doesn't, Cameron. No, no. And also Matt Dillon is not that hot that you instantly no. forgive that. Especially after the teeth. Yeah. Or that was a little bit of a funny misunderstanding again yeah. of like he's misheard the teeth conversation. Um. I'm going to give it to Sounds Cool. Okay. Because. It doesn't sound cool it at doesn't, all. It doesn't sound cool, but it also doesn't make any character sense for Cameron Diaz to be no. like, yeah, sounds cool. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, the Halle Berry X-Men Worst Line Award. The most iconic scene. I wrote it before the movie even started. The hair gel? Yep. It was either the hair gel or Franks and Beans. I wrote I wrote toilet scene, but it's more the thing and after they try and take it off and then it just cuts to the ambo that's yep. like, we, we got, got a bleeder. Is he a best extra? Oh, he's got a line. So does Estelle Reiner. Then how far out do you go? Could the best extra be the fireman, the policeman that just climbs in through the window? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, it could be we've got a bleeder because that's an iconic line. Yeah, let's give it to him. <laughs> okay, we just changed it based on <laughs> that. Um, All right. He is he is an iconic line in an iconic scene. So we've got a bleeder. He's so the best extra. I still think the most iconic scene is the hair gel. her with the hair. Yep. Um, and then I also wrote the dog being in that cast because it was like as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But it's not the up. The fact it's that he zaps the dog too. Fucking dumb. Little payoff though, like she sprayed it with the hairspray, and then the dog catches fire. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No. Also, I'm not a doctor. Yes, um, but I don't believe speed gives you superhuman strength. Well, I also had a question. What was their end game? Like, why were they giving the dog speed? Speed wasn't going to knock the dog out. What were they doing? I do not know. I'm trying to remember what was going on in the scene. Were they trying to get into the apartment? I, they, I, I don't. They were. She wasn't in there. They were ganging up on Ben Stiller, and they wanted to get Ben Stiller out of the equation. So this is another. I just think this is another. We've got to have a reason for the dog to bite Ben Stiller's balls. Yes, yeah. for some reason the Farrelly the Farrelly brothers wrestling. had this obsession with causing Ted Stroman injuries. Like Dick well, in his slapstick comedy. Dick in his zipper. But it, only the slapstick comedy happens to him. Not to Matt That's Dillon. That's true. Not to... Yeah, we haven't even mentioned the bad representation of bloody Tucker on crutches. I'm sorry, if you've got a broken back, mate, you're in a wheelchair. But also, like, just... For the, that long. Another moment where I actually cringed was him trying to pick up his keys. Like, that is terrible, Yeah, that whole scene. I reckon that was a bit ad-libbed as well. Yeah. Especially when it was like Cameron Diaz went over to, like, 
pick up the keys, but then just went like, I'll just move them a little bit closer. Yeah. And then just, and then like just go through them a bit in the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I think that purely was just another way of causing an injury via the dog to Ben Stiller's character. Oh, so what Why level? Speed? What level floor are you on as an orthopedic surgeon? Why do you, What do you mean? Like, what level is their office on? Do you reckon high? Well, I don't know. Is it a hospital? It looks like an office building. It doesn't yeah. look like a hospital. No. You're an orthopedic surgeon. You people, you you look after people with broken bones. Yeah. Be on the ground floor. Yeah, but in a That's, hospital, you can't all be on the ground floor. Well, because the people with heart conditions, you don't want them walking upstairs. The ER should be on the ground floor. It is. Uh, but this might have been an office building. Well, I don't like know. It was. Building. It was an office building. Yeah. But when does she surgery? In the office? No. <coughs> Surgeons can have offices that are not. In hospitals. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I'm just... It's dumb. It is dumb. I did ask why they gave speed to the dog. Um, It just... Yeah, that just didn't make sense. Um, Okay, most iconic scene is the hair gel. Uh Uh-huh. Her with the hair up. Her with the hair up. That reveal in the And then the scene before, there was just... It was Peter and Bobby just talking to each other. How many different ways can we say masturbating without saying masturbating? Yeah, because we already said that at the start of the movie. He's mat. Um, he's masturbating. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't. No, I, that that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just aged so badly. This movie, and it was I'm, so I'm iconic at the time. To I'm interested now to watch another one of their movies that I thought was very funny. Me, myself, and Irene. Yeah. And see how well that has aged. Yeah. So that was two years later in 2000. Yeah. Jim um, Carrey, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. We'll Someone see. else. It's weird that it took them 20 years to make Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. Well, Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey both became serious actors. That's why. Yeah. It was so weird seeing Jeff Daniels go back into that role. Anyway, any final thoughts on this something about Mary? Yeah, look, nah, as we've said, hasn't aged well. Not that funny. I'm not a big fan of Cameron Diaz. Yeah, okay. Um, What next? That's a good question. Let's do The Heat. The Heat with Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Oh, fucking yes. (laughs) All right, sorry. (laughs) So we're going to scrap that one. Um, yeah, we'll do the heat. Um, that's 10 years old, so hopefully that's aged a bit better. So can we do... That did pass the Bechtel test. There you go. Yeah, certainly would. Can we do a six degrees from... Matt Dillon and Sandra Bullock were both in Crash. Oh, crap. Thanks for listening to another episode <laughs> of Two Drink Cinema. Uh, I hope you... Actually, I don't hope you enjoyed There's Something About Mary, because if you did, stop listening to the podcast. No, if you did... <laughs> Let Let us know. Like, what did we miss? There are a couple of funny moments. It just has aged poorly. If you do want to tell us about it, though, you can join our Facebook group or follow us on the socials at Two Out of Three Brothers. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Lee. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. 
We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was produced and pay our respects to Elders past and present. If you'd like to support the podcast, either leave the tip or become a member for early access to these episodes by using the link in the show notes. Join the Facebook group for more chat about the movies we review and make sure you follow us on the socials to keep up to date. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on your podcast app. Happy viewing and drink responsibly. If you're enjoying this episode of Two Drink Cinema, check out our other podcast, Two Out of Three Recommend. Each week we get together to chat about life and recommend drinks, movies, shows and things to keep you busy. Check out the link in the show notes for this episode or find the highlights on the social.